This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the Video Junkyard Podcast listening uh, audience. This is uh, another brand spanking new episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. And now I, Ryan Seiskel, am in charge. It's been a long time coming. Actually, no, it's just been a long time in general. I retired, that's right. Anyways, with me, as always, or, yeah, Joe and Eric, I assume. Hey! Gentlemen. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's us. <laughs> us again no surprises today <laughs> no no now you're my guests the tables have turned. guest hosts for the evening <laughs> i laid down the uno uh reverse card what are, what are the shackles for yeah <laughs> i don't know you brought them yeah but i don't remember so. <laughs> frankenstein how is everybody um, doing uh doing good Been mm. uh, another day in a crazy nope. world where we're all locked in our house and whatever and whatnot. Another day but... in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Anticipating another spike uh, in our very near future with a holiday coming up. So. Yeah, I mean, by the time this airs, everyone will be living like right about the time when, you know, all everyone's grandma is going to be in the ICU. So, oh my gosh, I'm going dark today. Shouldn't say that, but yeah, <laughs> please don't get together with your families at Thanksgiving, and I know some people are going to, and I'm not, I'm going to withhold judgment, at least out live on the air, but... <laughs> you know, do all do all you can to keep everybody safe. Is, is really make your own goddamn for. turkeys. That's yeah. that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's now it's time. Now is the time for you to learn. The store we shop at was out of like the small turkey breast, so I bought a 14 pound turkey for oh my God. four of us, and two of us are four years old. <laughs> so it's gonna be a lot of turkey for a long time around here so <laughs> uh, i would suggest that and did yep. be, yeah like turkey everything <laughs> a lot of tacos uh, stews pot pies and whatnot yeah well, well, i won't be short on on you know meat for our food but I'm, True. we're, I'm we're gonna just eating. take just we're gonna we bought some turkey legs and i got like a small pre-cut turkey breast and i'm actually gonna try the deep frying Outside safely, of course, away from any wooden structure. But no, I want it's delicious. It'll be. I'm sure it'll be great. I honestly, 39 years old, don't think I've ever had deep fried turkey. I mean, I hadn't until a couple years ago. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I want to do it and hopefully not set anything on fire. I mean, I've I've read all the tips on what to be careful of. I know you got to make sure that turkey's really cold and icy, and yeah. you gotta you gotta throw it in there. You want to try to do it like in your house right you want to dunk it the icy turkey and the boiling oil in your house surrounded by all your loved ones and furniture yes. wooden furniture and by, right next preferably. to your christmas tree yeah. right next to your christmas tree yeah it, you have make to it as dry as possible the and your guns all yeah. the guns <laughs> tell everyone to bring their guns anything flammable in the house must be within the vicinity of the fryer yeah. that's it 
Yeah, and they, I've read something about keeping a bucket of water next to it to pour into it in case there's a grease fire. You want to be able to put it out quickly with lots of water. Yeah, because yes, water, yeah. fire. Obvious. You should probably just run the hose in. in yeah. 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 That's. I think that's the thing to do. <laughs> yeah. The but when you pick gets, anything up, when it gets heavy, pick, you got to lift with your back. And then Remember, folks, this is not a cooking show. So. <laughs> um. I, well, we'll talk funny. about movies instead. So no, uh, for the record, I plan on doing the opposite of all of that. Yeah, yeah he's I like, hope so. But, yeah. When you, I, I went way too far in my head when you said that, I was like, oh, he's just gonna microwave a fucking uh, TV pocket, tray of sliced <laughs> sliced turkey with the stuffed gravy. All right, dig in, kids. You know, like the banquet hot hot turkey sandwich or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I've had those. They're they're not good, but you know. <laughs> that's about accurate. I mean, that's. That's probably a description of any of those things, but, you know, we've all eaten one at a time, and it's not the worst thing I've ever eaten either, so. I'm sure it's turkey. It hasn't I mean, been verified yet. probably came from a turkey. It's... Some part of it. I mean, they mm-hmm. shaped it to look edible. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, they're actually, I, I learned about, was it SPAC? I forget what it's fucking called, but it, it's a weird name, so I don't want to fuck it up. But how to prepare a turkey instead of like throwing the whole thing at whole, you actually cut up the spine and then like spread it out, like crack the ribs and spread it out. And it takes like 35 minutes within an hour to cook. And oh, it's like yeah, spat- perfectly cooked. Huh? Like spatchcock? That's it, spatchcock. It had the word yeah. cock in it, and I'm like, I knew that part. <laughs> but it's just I like, know. I don't think spatula cock would have worked very well. Um, oh, yeah. That's, that's a like whole new mental disorder. Image. Yeah, we've, we've done that with, like, I've grilled entire chickens that way, where you just, like, cut it down well, the, the breast and yeah. split it. And it's it's really... common for poultry, but not many people do it for turkey Thanksgiving, which is, like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I've, uh, had so grilled, I've had grilled turkey for Thanksgiving, like, on a Weber. It took all damn day to grill, but it was very oh, good. Yeah. yeah, it was good. So I hear, well, like, actually so... the spatch cut cacking weight. Cacking! <laughs> I went fucking Boston for a second. Spatch cacking. Um, <laughs> once again, another mental image. Yeah, I, I, I hear it's really good. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I was going to say, no one's doing turducken this year, huh? That's no, another, that's, that's another goal. goal. That's to another be, goal. To be fair, I'm pretty sure 2020 <laughs> has done a turducken to us in a, a metaphoric and oh, uh, physical way. Yeah. Uh, especially with stress. I feel like there's been a turducken of stress in my life since 2020, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. It's uh-huh. just different types of it's stresses just stuffed in one. The yep. strangest metaphor that's incredibly appropriate for it, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a turducken of a year. It's just <laughs> shit stuffed in shit stuffed in shit for no reason than just to stuff shit in there. Yeah. 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 And there's levels. There's there's tastes oh, and yeah. textures. That's um, a game you could probably textures. just keep playing, you know. With the, with, you know. <laughs> I'm going to use that from now on. It's really? different. There's tastes and textures. There's tastes <laughs> and textures. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm not. <laughs> it just it just came out. It's what felt right. All right, so let's let's talk about this wonderful uh, Roland Emmerich movie, uh, Stargate. It has been buried for thousands of years. A mystery. A secret. A threshold to the future. Where'd you find this? 
I've, I've never seen anything like this. One man will break the code and open the door. Well, this should read Stargate. That was in front of us the whole time. The other will lead the way. Why are you here? I'm here in case you succeed. Jackson's identified the seventh symbol. Back up storage. Reserve power. On. What is that? It's your Stargate. We've opened a doorway to a world we know nothing about. The beam has locked itself onto a point somewhere in the Kalium galaxy. It's on the other side of the known universe. Your turn now. They prepared for danger. Begin final evacuation. They expected the unknown. Stabilizing system. Initiated commencement sequence. But they could never have imagined this. shoot anything that comes down that ramp. Your job here is to realign the Stargate. Can you do that or not? I can't. What the hell is going on? My orders were simple. Track down signs of any possible danger. Well, I found some. I can't make it work without seven symbol. seven minutes now the most amazing discovery of our time Jackson wait for me is about to become the most extraordinary adventure of all time Kurt Russell James Spader Jay Davidson Stargate a Roland Emmerich film It start uh, made in '94. Um, uh, start with a, I guess. Oh fuck! I'll do a synopsis. I'm not looking at anything. Let's see what I remember. Yeah, um, run it down for us. <laughs> no, so Stargate is is like I said, it was a movie made in '94. It was it starred um, another Santa Claus figure actually. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Uh, yeah. Nope. Kurt forgot name. Kurt Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kurt yeah, Russell. Them. Uh, and James Spader, um, which was just, this was my first James Spader movie, and this is how I compare every James Spader performance is to his <laughs> his role as his character. Um, anyways, so James Spader's character, um, Doctor Jackson, is is a weird ancient aliens type uh, pa- uh, archaeologist. Sorry, Joe, I almost said paleontologist. Um, archaeologist. Yep. <laughs> Uh, who who is pretty much down on his luck and ter- and just just not doing well because apparently aliens isn't a great answer to you know ancient history. God, if he only would have waited a couple years, am I right? He would have had his own fucking show and everything. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so instead he he gets approached by a secret uh, research government funded organization who who discovered this ancient Egyptian um, ring made of materials unknown to them. Uh, he deciphers uh, the code on the rings and figure, and they figure out this is a wormhole that leads to another planet. Anyways, he and um, Colonel Jack O'Neill, played by uh, Russell himself. Did I say Russell? That seems mm-hmm. right. Anyways, um, yeah. he, he, so they, they travel there, find out that they're stranded, uh, and all kinds of alien hijinks uh, uh, go on. And that's pretty much it. Um, it's a pretty straightforward movie. 
Uh, definitely I mean, instant camp sci-fi. It's a Rolandemic movie. There's no chance it wasn't a pretty straightforward movie. No, <laughs> um, but uh, as we go with naturally with this, uh, there was this. This was not your guys's first uh, watching of it. Uh, how do you guys know about it, Joe? Why don't you start? Um, I remember when this one came out, and um, you know, it had all the 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 flashy special effects and early computer animation stuff that was you know becoming starting to become commonplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and Jurassic Park was just that same year, a year before. Year too, before, right? yeah. So you know, it was around like you know, Terminator Two kind of ushered that in, and mm-hmm. you know, this, you know or this is the early years. Uh, so today, it's the you same know, special effect too. It's just that shimmery, yeah, <laughs> same everything, aquatic. Uh, effect. But yeah, I remember this. Actually, my first time watching this was a rental, but it was one I'll admit that I wanted to see in theaters. I just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. But because um, I was, you know a young teenager but it it was one that i was uh that I, I did make a point to see when it first came out but actually i don't think i've seen it may i've seen it maybe one more time since then before this viewing okay that sounds about right with how you mentioned prior mm-hmm. how about you eric yeah kind of same i remember when it came out in theaters i don't think i saw this one in movie theaters i think this was one that i saw probably pretty quickly after it came out to video but i was old enough that i was aware of wanting to see it saw the trailers um um and it was one that i remember like kind of eating up i loved it watched it i don't know if a bunch of times but enough times that i certainly have seen it more than once it's um all of my viewings, however many they were, however, were like concentrated to like a group of two or three years right around when this was a new movie. So between like 1994 and 1998, I probably saw it four or five times, and I have not seen it since. I was aware that it was spun off into TV shows, and there was all this other, you know, Stargate fandom going on, but I never saw any of that stuff. I only point of reference I had was this 1994 movie and that I saw a couple times and then uh, and then didn't. So, yeah, yeah I was definitely that. a fan of it. I'll admit that too. I I am aware that there are numerous Stargate spinoff TV shows, but I have never seen like a minute of one of them. Interesting. Just, I don't think I have either. Interestingly enough, I don't think I've seen any of it. Any. <laughs> well, I was gonna say for me, uh, so it's kind of this classic story with me and and movies and such. When I was a kid, this was one of those movies that I saw as a pinball machine in the bar that we would frequent same with star wars same with indiana jones same with um demolition man i gotta find these bars (laughs) yeah i want to go to a bar that just has all of those pinballs yeah i I would be totally fine with that it's just throughout my childhood like it's like (laughs) there's three bars and a town of less than 400 people like literally it's a like two blocks of of a of a village it's not even a town it's a fucking village three bars and like each, and only two of them actually had pinball machines, and they would occasionally swap. But this one, uh, you know, we p- grew up in a like one horse town that had like four bars, and I don't think any of them had a pinball machine. Did they have any pinball machines? We, where were our pinball machines? You just had the uh, worst fucking bars, man. Um, oh, that's true. But I, I, I don't think any did. I remember yeah. some in some like bar and grill places we would go to in like neighboring towns. Because that's what I remember about them. But <laughs> right. they had at least one or two video games, even if it was a pinball machine. I'm like, I'm great with this. Uh, Damn. No. I guess my childhood was better. <laughs> yeah. Our, oh, yeah. Our townie bars sucked as kids. Um, 
Well, anyways, in the hazes of fucking cigarette smoke, as a as a six year, seven year old kid, uh, already like in love with Star Wars at this point, uh, see a Stargate pinball machine, play the fuck out of it because there's nothing else for me to. I'm not drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, in Wisconsin, you'd be surprised. Like you, like wow, why is that seven year old not drinking beer with his parents? But anyways, uh, good parents. You're from Illinois originally. <laughs> Does that make a difference? Oh, um. Yeah. So, so were my parents. Anyway, so um, I guess I just actually furthered the. Anyways, yes, Joe's right. Um, so you know, I'm playing this fucking pinball machine. I'm just seeing all these little fucking like nods to what's going on in the movie, having no fucking context. Finally, our local laundromat slash gas station slash video store, um, gets <laughs> fucking Stargate. Watch the fuck out of it, love it, and then throughout see it on TV. And yes, actually, out of the three of us, I did watch the fucking show. Um, Mm. Not super religiously, because I tried to watch it whenever I could. And honestly, the show is great. The show is better than the movie in some aspects. Oh, I've I've heard that. I've heard that over and over again, yeah. Um, It is a great sci-fi series. It is very fun, and it stars... uh, It actually stars um, MacGyver himself. (laughs) Yeah, it's Jack O'Neill, and he is a completely different character, and it's great. It's 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 really well thought out. It lasted for like ten years. Had a spinoff, had multiple spinoffs, including an animated yeah, series. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, which, oh, don't get me wrong. The the concept behind the expanded the universe. Yeah. Even this first, even this movie. Um, uh, yeah, there, it's it's a cool concept, you know, like portals to other places in space you know cross, and, and it's connections cross. to our ancient history and how yeah 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 that's that's definitely you know i i definitely it's, find it's that a really cool. great sci-fi concept yeah that was one of my notes right away is that just conceptually this movie is you know incredibly interesting so it's really easy to like get into the movie because it's just a very it's a compelling story great mystery great kind of like yeah you know sci-fi stuff um I would definitely... Execution <laughs> might be a different story, but, like, yeah. I, I don't know how well the show has aged, because I haven't looked back since. Um, but I I think there's a lot of fun concepts to be had with it, and it really expands the universe of this movie. However, the movie is what it is. Um, uh, for me, I, like I said, like, even rewatching this for now, uh, for the first time in my 30s, um... It's like, yep, still holds up for me personally. And I have to say, and we're moving into it now. Uh, the moment that the intro of the movie started, I was instantly, my nostalgia levels just like, yes. And for those who haven't seen this movie, <laughs> this movie is what I call a Batman like intro where they have like the slow, like the, the score lasts for like two minutes, like as it goes to its different ranges uh, and different uh, samples of what's going on in the movie as it's doing this slow panning across uh, some close-up object and then at the end zooms out and it's like at the face of Tut. Very much like Batman 80, 89 mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in that regards. Um, but that also leads to like the soundtrack I remember being amazing in this movie and it's hmm. that right away that's what you get. What are your guys' thoughts? Oh, the, the score? Yeah, oh, or the uh, intro and the score because um, that's yeah, I I, I noticed I feel like it that. sets up it, the it, movie pretty well, in my it's, opinion. It's hard for me, I think, because this is one of those... Roland Emmerich's one of those directors where, you know, <laughs> throughout the 90s, the, the stuff the guy made was pretty iconic in style. You know, like, you can tell a Roland Emmerich film. 
just because of the, oh, yeah. the style of it. So I, I get what you mean by it. it. Had that kind of Batman-esque intro, uh, that big sweeping kind of building crescendo, uh, you know, panning around. But I don't know. It's I guess for me, just my nostalgia aspect of it is all right. Strapping in for a Roland Emmerich film. <laughs> And that's that's <laughs> got its ups and downs, you know, but yeah. But I I do see what you mean by that that style. It it's it. The movie it's did that, bring nostalgia for me, like oh, this is very '90s, and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. Well, um, that's it. Know, it, it, it has is, some yeah. dated aspects, but you know, it's not necessarily bad. Well, I was gonna say like that that intro thing is not thing, a thing that you see too much often anymore. That idea of kind of like it's slowly kind of introducing you to this world by the use of its soundtrack. Uh, it's getting you ready. It's kind of in a way telling you ahead of time the emotional ups and downs. Because like I say, they take bits and samples of each um, songs throughout the movie and then mix it in this beginning. Yeah, it's and a basic it's just, overture. You know, yeah, it's like a, it's yeah. it's just not done as uh, enough, and I've noticed in modern films. I don't, yeah, Eric, that's definitely, yeah, because yeah, that's something that I figured uh, Eric definitely would be picking up on. Yeah, I mean, this kind of thing was very common, like you pointed out in the '90s. But yeah, I, I think this film score, uh, composed by David Arnold, um, was done in a way that. Um, I guess Batman's a fairly good comparison, but I guess I, I would like to compare it more to some some of John Williams' work. So, like, um, what's a contemporary? I guess Jurassic Park. He did the year before. That's a John Williams score, but there it's a it's a big classical adventure film score, uh, which is kind of just, unique yeah. for a sci-fi movie outside of you know Star Wars. Obviously, did that as well and used like that kind of you know big classical like um, you know swelling crescendo type music. Um, Oh, I, I think they knew, and, and you're right, it, it's epic, right? And I think they mm-hmm. kind of knew when they were making this that they had plans for already turning this into some form of a franchise. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Guys, give me a second. I'll be right back. I heard a loud sound outside the door. I gotta go check yeah. it real quick. Yep. No, absolutely. I think that this was something that, I mean, they were doing this almost just as much in the 90s as they are now. This is something that... Um, they definitely had the idea, like, if this is a successful film, we're going to turn this into a series of films. In fact, I think on the Wikipedia page I was reading, they they already had treatments for a second and third film, which oh, actually yeah. the people that went went and, uh, later adapted it into a television series did keep, you know, some of those original ideas intact when developing the first season or whatever of that series. But, yeah, yeah, you can you can tell like this is set up for. Well, I mean, it's, it's the concept is a, a stargate across the universe. Of course, you can. Have you could really go anywhere with possibilities. This. <laughs> it's almost yeah. it's very it has the potential to be something you know, Doctor Who like, where yeah. there's you know yeah. really well. Infinite. It's a it's a new sci-fi concept in a way because it's mm-hmm. like you either you have Star Trek, you travel on a ship, Doctor Who, you travel through a device that goes through time and space, time machine, essentially. And now with Stargate, it was this whole new concept of like wormhole travel. I mean, it's not the whole new thing, but it it did it in a like the wormhole. But yeah, where there could be a gate here there everywhere yeah. wherever there's another gate you know you can <laughs> but it's one of those sci-fi movies that uh i took interest in is like oh hey the people that they visit don't fucking speak english not only that they speak a very ancient form of uh egyptian that's been mm-hmm. unspoken and that's actually a major p- 
point in the movie of so like they don't have to worry about burrowing out of that plot hole of why is everyone speaking english when they yeah like that's an actual <laughs> like part of the movie where it's just like we need to figure out ways of communication um with the twist being like oh actually we do know this language we've just been pronouncing it wrong the whole fucking time yeah that's um, actually the crux of the entire plot of this movie yep is the language deciphering you know the symbols on on the stargate it's, it's what you know the first stage of it where where daniel jackson is you know brought into the project to decipher the original stargate he is successful at opening it up then he is brought along to then do the same thing on the other side becomes problematic when they don't have the seventh symbol and um well so yeah, yeah the whole thing's really about language and it's it, it does owe that it's i mean the in a lot of ways, it's just a, a pretty typical Roland Emmerich film, and I have a very similar feelings, I believe, to Joe about him as a filmmaker. But <laughs> yeah, all does... all of his films are the same. You have a nerd played by a, like a charming, charismatic uh, actor, either Jeff Goldblum uh, in Independence, Jeff Goldblum, or uh, <laughs> who played Nick in Godzilla again, uh, uh, Matthew, Matthew, Broder- Bo- Matthew Broderick. Broderick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. You- <laughs> you get these 80s stars right um and then you also have like a kind of fun well sometimes fun not maybe not necessarily in this case uh hot-headed or uh maybe rigid military type so you have yeah. the nerd and the jock who have to work together yep yeah um but actually uh eric i'm sorry we you, you probably no, basically more. i was just saying that there is there is the plot itself or some of the things that goes on does owe itself it does give a lot of credibility to the archaeology like aspect of the of it it's about ancient language it's about it isn't handled like in a like super serious scientific way not at all but no. it at least takes it seriously as kind of like that's what this movie's about and that's cool i think that's a little different than well, what you get in something like emmerich's other sci-fi quote-unquote classic which would be independence day but yeah. i was gonna say like let's use that as a segue into characters uh, starting with James Spader playing uh, Dr. Jackson, um, because I think he really, for me personally, I think he really, s- he sold what was so interesting. Like, he was the drive. He was the heart, I would say, of the movie. Like, he's just this, like, uh, knowledge is going to be the best way to get out of here. Like, patience and understanding um, is going to actually drive us through. More so than the might, um, Joe. What do you What do you think as as a man of science? Um, well, I, you know, again, I try to separate when I'm watching a movie like this. Like there, this did require just a hair's more weight to shove down the suspension of disbelief, just because I'm so sick of the ancient aliens built the pyramids, god, goddamn nonsense. <laughs> But <laughs> I know that when this came out, the whole chariot of the gods thing was in the back burner it hadn't been popularized the way it is today and so you yeah. know there wasn't a, a, a bad weekly show about it on history channel or whatever um <laughs> so i can separate that but i will i will say on that note i did on my behind the scene and fe- my special features on my dvd they did have like a 12 minute thing like was the stargate real and it was just the writer of ancient uh, of a uh, chariot of the gods talking and then I shit you not the proto version of the aliens meme guy before his hair went crazy. That's yep. it. It was twelve minutes of that. So when you mentioned yeah. that, I wanted to bring that up. Uh, yeah, you know. Okay, so they found the quacks. You know. <laughs> oh but, yeah, they did. Um, that being said, there was actually something that did bother me a little bit more than than 
maybe was maybe what you're asking and that was so when they go through the stargate you know before they go in they're like we'll need somebody to translate the language to get us back home and james spitter's like i can do it and he said are you sure he goes i'm positive i mean yeah and they go okay <laughs> and so they get the crew and they go through the portal and they're like okay we're here and he's like oh we got to go find civilizations and i was totally on board with kurt russell he says no that's a different trip we're going we've established you can get through we have to go back now and he's like oh i can't not until we find this that and the other thing and i gotta go after this red herring and then i gotta you know find the MacGuffin and all that and when when they're about ready to knock him out i'm like oh i totally fucking would have hit him <laughs> i totally would have so like, you didn't say yes i can get us back if we go and do all you just said yeah i can do it it's like there was some whole middle shit that was left out that would have pissed me off too and i don't appreciate scientists being always portrayed as that like neurotic motherfuckers that we all are i i actually read that you, you don't appreciate them being depicted honestly no i'm just kidding <laughs> exactly yes Good i don't like them being Eric. depicted as the as the neurotic fuckers we all are <laughs> uh, I was actually going to say the way that I interpreted that um, is that he knew, he he was like I'm like the way that he delivered it, and this goes back to what the question is: is James Spader as a as an actor? Uh, the way that I think he delivered it was like there was fifty percent sure uh, like reassurance in his own mind, like I probably could, but I'm going to say yes because. I want to go on this. Nobody fucking told me about this goddamn fucking gate. I was here for two fucking weeks deciphering what I thought were just translations, and nobody fucking told me there was going to be a space expedition. This is my life's fucking work. I'd, I'll lie my ass off to go on this fucking trip. So and you like, think that is the plot twist that got James Spader to do this movie? Because he said in interviews that he thought the script originally was terrible, but he thought this movie would be so much fun to make, I'll do it. Yo, yeah. <laughs> Like, that's him, like, trying to make this work, and I think he does. Also, if you, I don't know if this... Because huh. we should tell the audience. First off, I watched a different version than the other two guys. They watched the thea theatric cut. Uh, I watched the ultimate cut, which had additional scenes. And so this is probably in there for you guys, because I don't think they were to cut this. But when Jackson says what he says, and then the general goes, Okay, it's a go. Uh, Kurt Russell's character, uh, Jack O'Neill, walks away goes, He's full of shit. Yeah, oh, I'm pretty sure that's him. Okay. Yeah, um, which is something I caught new. So he's just like, he didn't even fucking believe Jackson then at that moment. But Jackson did have a good argument. He's just like, I just kind of expected they would fucking have the, you know, the address book right by the goddamn door. Like no <laughs> yeah, one well, does. Mean, it is, um, I mean, he's he's assuming based on the um, way it was stacked up on Earth, you know, that the, the key was essentially sitting right on top of the gate. Um, but... I do think you're on the right track with it a little bit, Ryan, where I, I do think his excitement is uh, part of what causes him to, you know, maybe fib a little bit or be a little bit overly confident and like, yeah, 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 I can do that. Guaranteed because, you know, he's like, I'm going on this trip. Like, I'm going to go see this. And maybe he even knows he's going to have to go find civilization. That's one of the thrills for him as well. He figures, oh, once they're there they're going to have to let me do it. So, <laughs> right. And I guess he did um, also know that they can't, if they're smart, they really can't kill him because they need him to get back anyway. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's overall, so, it's a dick move though. <laughs> yeah. It, no, it's a dick move for it's sure. Dick but move. it's, um, <laughs> and to answer your like original question, this is yeah. an interesting movie for me because in general, you have two actors that I've seen in, in, in a fair number of things 
and in general there's one actor I enjoy in almost everything I've seen and one that's a little more hit or miss and in this movie I like James Spader who's my hit or miss actor a lot more than I like Kurt Russell who's an actor I enjoy a lot in many things um I don't really love and I know a lot of it has to do with the character but I don't really love Kurt Russell's performance in this movie uh could be the script could be the character could be just yeah the The totally boneheaded character development of how he gets over his his personal trauma that he's carrying yeah this movie um from what I just read about the director's cut, that does nothing to fix that, but that's a pretty Roland Emmerich move. Uh, the kind of Spielbergian um, fake character development, where just like something happens, and at the end, you know, they go through this ordeal together, and at the end, it's like, oh, everyone's better, and all their shit's figured out now. It just happens and, to and be resolved. Like, yeah. Like his personal but. trauma's resolved without any real actual journey to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it, to long story short, I thought James Spader was great in this, and it's a it's a rare performance that I don't I don't really care for Kurt Russell in this movie a whole lot. But you know, it's interesting you say that because the Jack O'Neill character in the next in in the show, spelt with two L's, I shit you not, it's a different spelling, and the show itself makes a joke about it. Like he references <laughs> it, he says like, "Oh, I'm a completely different Jack O'Neill. The guy you're thinking of is uptight, no sense of humor. That's that's one L. I'm two L's." Um, that's actually a, a joke about the movie difference. Um, <laughs> who is played by MacGyver? I never know the fucking mm-hmm. actor's name. Uh, Richard Dean Anderson, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Very charismatic, funny, charming guy. Just a great fucking character. But yeah, Kurt Russell, not selling it here. But Joe, Joe, didn't mean to step over you. What, what are your thoughts on Kurt Russell or any other character? I, I actually... Um, French Stewart. French Stewart, French, yeah, I was going to mention French, French Stewart's Stewart. in this, but it's hard to recognize him because he's not doing, like, his third Rock from the Sun character the entire movie. It's like you forgot, oh, this dude can actually act. You he's know? just being a complete dick soldier. Yeah, I mean, he's he's yeah, he's but... totally a fade into the background, you know, douche soldier he, one and douche soldier He puts in a totally two. competent character actor bit role here. Yeah. He's yeah. fine. Yeah. He's fine in this, yeah. Um, I... You know, a lot of the supporting cast is 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 good. The uh, the the guy who plays Ra, just you want to just hit him because he's just kind of like smug walking around the pyramid. Uh, but overall, no. As far as Kurt Russell goes, I I'm with Eric 100 percent on this one. I Kurt Russell's one of my favorite actors, and this one just it, it they don't give him anything to work with. Um, I almost feel like we should call John Peta real quick just to be like, hey, what do you think? Um, yeah. you know, like <laughs> Kurt Russell is like a huge fan there. But, uh, and yeah, as, as far as James Spader, I actually am somebody who likes James Spader in most things, even movies I don't like that he's in. Um, I I actually will say that his performances are, are better than some of the movies he's in, Age of Ultron. But this is <laughs> this is one of them. Uh, I actually really liked his character in this, even though there's a couple of things like I was joking about before. Uh, but overall, yeah, he's he's quite good in this. He kind of plays the twitchy, neurotic scientist well. Uh, yeah. It's just a shame they didn't... Any Anybody could have played Kurt Russell's character, and that's what's unfortunate, I think, is yeah. he's better than that. Yeah, he got that, he got that was it, crew cut for nothing, that military cut. Um, yeah, you should have been so, in like a Street Fighter movie. I'm not lying. I kept thinking Guile the whole fucking time we were watching right? it today. Right. I'm like, uh, when's he gonna do the like the spinning kick? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I'm lo- opportunity. Uh, if you guys, uh, as a person who has no hair, spoilers for those who don't know, um, <laughs> I'm bald. What? No. I I know, but I I like looking at how hair is cut is like a new weird thing to to notice, and you're just like, wow, we, people do weird shit when they have hair. Um, I don't know if Eric experiences that. I'm sorry, I outed you, Eric. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I only have like one option on a haircut, right? And then that's kind of how it goes. Like it's it is, but you kind of I, could, like... I couldn't do that cool guile thing with my hair. So, but I keep... or if I did, it would only be like you know on the sides of my head. Or <laughs> <laughs> you could always do like the fucking series on unfortunate events style. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Olaf. Yeah. Olaf. We just. That's where my my goal in life is like, could I have that hair in my 60s? And it's like, no, my hair was always stringy and you could, fair. You could trim it into a Stargate. <laughs> I feel like that would be <laughs> kind you. of like Babylon 5 territory. But, <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, no, I was going to say like the hair is weird. Like crew cuts are weird because there's like a certain, like the, there's an area that's it's taller, but the center is technically shorter lengthwise. And, like, the concept of that when it's not spiked up is, like, that's a weird image. Anyways, that's a side note. That doesn't have to be in the show, but it is. Um, I was going to say, let's talk about Raw. I want to talk about Raw, and then maybe if you guys want to bring up any of the other supporting characters, because they could be. Uh, Let's Mm -hmm. talk about Raw, actually. Who, um, I don't know the name of the actor. Eric, do you have it up? I feel like you do. Um, I I could get there quickly, hopefully. Um... Oh TikTok? god, it's one of those cast things that like overly explains everything and just telling me. Uh Jay Davidson played Ra yes. in this movie, so who yep. who uh he he plays a very um plays a very androgynous character. And I feel like his mm-hmm. stardom came from the Crying Game. Crying game, yeah. Where he did yeah. play uh he a transgender yeah. character. Who who at that time transgender characters were weirdly poorly portrayed not weirdly poorly portrayed and not quite portrayed as like the concept of transgender quite existent at that point to the same way it does today but in this movie he plays an androgynous raw which definitely adds some confusion to to seven-year-old ryan at the time like what's going (laughs) on i won't lie about that um it's like this is fluid um, this is like my first exposure to uh, to androgyny, uh, and then later yeah. on, be, be like, totally comfort. But what do you guys think? It d- not necessarily pertaining to the androgyny part of this character, but what do you think of this villain um, and and their performance? I liked it a lot. Um, Joe mentioned the kind of you want to slap him in the mouth kind of thing, and, and yes, yeah. that is true. But I like the detached and alien nature of the character just the way that like yes he's embodying he's you know embodied a human body like he's living inside of a human body but he's wearing it like a fashion item mm-hmm. yeah exactly like to the and there's just degree. something so disconnected from the humanity uh but they want to the, experience it all directions obviously embody like inside of a body that he doesn't fit in like it's in everything he does it's not just you know um it's also in his the way he like deals with people the way he speaks the way he like has uh you know the way he relates to people maybe it's in the way he surrounds himself with all children i'm not sure why he had that kind of like michael jackson thing going on but it's so fucking um, weird yeah (laughs) there's like no weird like no real explanation to why was this was a bold creative decision 
<laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, but but it's interesting. I think it makes an interesting and unique villain um, in this movie, and I wish it could have been flushed out a little more. Like I feel like this movie. One of my problems with it is that it spends a lot of time in some places that I feel like maybe it shouldn't, mm-hmm. like, you know, gags and stuff and, like, little um, kind of Emmerich slash Spielberg moments like, you know, Jackson getting drugged around by the camel creatures and, you know, it spends time on these things that it could be spending time developing other great things that are going on in this. Like, like, the, like we talked about the concept being so great. But I think the villain is also really great, and this whole concept of the, the kind of you know creature that Ra is being able to just like, you know, transplant himself into a, you know a human body and and survive. So I would have liked to learn a little bit more about that, and maybe not necessarily like I don't need an info dump of like Ra is from originally from this planet and da 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 da. I don't need all that, but just spending a little more time with the character and watching him actually interact with more um, of like who he is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I, but I do love the performance because I think it is very alien and very, um, yeah, just it, maybe not off-putting, but like like Joe said, it's just uh, he's disconnected in a way that like yeah. you can tell he doesn't relate to people. Like you, you do want to slap him in the mouth, exactly. Like actual royalty, yeah. yeah. But Joe, well, yeah, I I actually got to thinking about it as I was watching it too because at first it was like oh, the, the 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 raw stuff is so over the top, and it did start to occur to me like. Yeah, this really slappable person is because it's an alien in this body. That's actually a very cool concept that, okay, you take away the ancient Egyptian alien chair to the gods bullshit. But what if the idea of, let's say, you know, here's the the Egyptian god Ra, one of the most famous symbols throughout world history. Um, you know, it's the cornerstone kind of when you talk about ancient, you know, extinct religions. Ra is one of the first ones that comes up. And find out, oh yeah, Ra's still alive. Ra's an alien. And just the, here's this whole batshit mythology. It's actually very clever. Yeah. And yeah, the way the the portrayal of that of this disconnected, and as well as the the uh, Horus and Anubis style guards would have been too. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing against some science fiction that says, "What if we're wrong about everything?" I think that it's that's really fun area to to play with. Um. Mm-hmm. I I, I feel like that's the whole point of a movie. It's yeah, like to explore what you it, know it, isn't it, true. It is. I just wish they would have done it in a movie that was more interesting to watch. Personally, <laughs> I for mean, me, yeah, is, I was is, gonna say is, that's definitely individual taste. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> just that was my take. It's just like I love the concept here. I love the where the what they could do with this, but. There's so many little trip ups, like like you're saying. This is a really interesting villain. Let's explore more of it. And I agree with you, Eric. I don't need a backstory. I think we yeah. got enough of one, and there was enough of a exposition dump for what we got anymore, and it would just get too much. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see more of this. And I I think maybe one of my things too is I looking back. Gosh, a lot of our '90s era villains were motivated by nothing but vanity really that's true you you Mm. know and that how long can that really stay interesting well i will say ego in guardians of the galaxy played by kurt russell Mm -hmm. um that was his motivation and that kind of made more sense i mean his whole fucking name is ego but yeah. yeah and i think that's why it gets a pass you know yeah 
But you know, um, this is like. I guess what what bothers what bothered me is here's this really cool concept of a villain taking world history and like flipping it around into this really bizarre way, and oh, the, the the villain's inspiration pretty much the same as Skeletor. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So you that's know... just a a, a a filmmaking style criticism of it. I I was gonna say like. With with how you guys have been talking about it, especially with like the Eric part, um, and it was kind of said, uh, well, I kind of said it already, kind of before, but the fact that this is kind of a diva, this mm-hmm. villain's a diva, mm-hmm. like this, like the the alien underneath who we kind of see as this weird split lipped alien creature, kind of a gray, typical gray, but yeah. typical gray, yeah, but like yeah, um, but most of it is like it's betrayed by Jay. Um, is like just this elegant, like it's like, oh, this is Corella Deville if she was an alien overlord. But like, in my opinion, like this villain like stuck out to the point where it's one of those situations where, and 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 uh, Joe, Eric, and I were talking to us prior is like when we watch these, when we watch movies for a podcast, we we are noticing that we take a different approach because uh, we're trying to be more. Uh, attentive to what we're watching not just letting it go i was going to say with this particular movie um i always remembered Ra's portrayal and it's like it's always effective but now watching it through a critical lens i'm like wow Ra doesn't really do much like mm-hmm. Ra's whole motivation is to show up punish enslave uh and not really just like just typical like just flat rate like go enslave my people shoot some shit at them make them fear me in my name, let me just toy around in my fucking palace with these fucking children. Why the uh-huh. children? Yeah, um, the entire the entire motivation. And he's motivation. like, I'm gonna send a bomb through the Stargate to blow up Earth. <laughs> well, the entire motivation seems to be just because I can, right? Like he's he's an alien creature in need when he in, like you know his he's well, trying to sa- save his own life when he embodies that. I would say his whole motivation is because he thought that the team from. Uh, that came through the Stargate, who came from Earth, he believed their whole goal, because they had a bomb, was to kill him. His whole thing is speculation. He Like, they didn't know that he existed, and he doesn't know that they didn't know that. He just assumes that this was an assassination attempt, and he's like, well, fuck well, you guys, I'm gonna send this bomb back with a hundred times tenfold de- destructive power. Yeah, yeah. it has an inflated it's self of... Fucking vanity! Sense of, yeah. yeah, yeah. And paranoia. Um, and that that whole like oh I, they sent a bomb well I'm gonna intercept the bomb and make it a super bomb and send it back is like I, I that's my I guess that's my thing Roland was, Emmerich is, <laughs> roll, yeah come on you, you've got the basis of a really I mean I know cool he didn't write it but concept and you know what again I haven't seen the series and it's it's circumstantial it's I had nothing against there being a Stargate series or anything like that. Oh yeah, um, there's way more compelling villains that have I'm, way I'm really glad that it took off. I am glad that it took off because there there are the there are the foundations here of a really really great kind of timeless sci-fi epic. They just I don't feel like they made that movie though. Yeah. And hey, I just a... said I just said Roland Emmerich didn't write it. He did write it. I'm so yeah, I'm totally blaming him. So Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's it I think a better script, a better screenplay and there, there's pieces here um, for something that really 
could have turned into a, a multi-film franchise. I could see, you know, look, after Star Wars, everybody making a science fiction movie wants to make the next Star Wars. I think this could have been it. Well, like, well, but here's Roland the Emmerich thing. Did you, it, so. Like, neither <laughs> of you guys actually watched the extended universe things. It is. If yeah. Funny enough, it actually is. For a lot of the Stargate community... Because there is a Stargate community. Oh, oh, I, oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, I know. I'm aware that there's a strong and large fan base for this, well, really based on the series. In fact, I've talked to some people that are big Stargate fans that actually detest this movie even more than I do. Uh, it's more about what comes later, but... <laughs> yeah. Not to say it doesn't have its gripes and some weird awkwardness, but overall, it's actually, like kind of it they keep the the for, formula going of like you have military might and you also have you know scholarly uh understanding like both have to work simultaneously to get out of situations um i, I guess very, this, that's very star trek that butting of heads yeah is is this just a, a story style or a mythos that just works better as a television show than as a series of feature films yes this was supposed yeah. to be a trilogy of films. Uh, I, I could and, see, you know, these it being hard to do that in film length episodes. Yeah, you know. Um, but this is. Um, I recently, I believe they, and back in 2016, I guess it was. I, I might, I'm probably wrong about that. I might be wrong about that. Um, but I know that they want to do a reboot and then have a trilogy. Um, but yeah, this, this, like they want to launch more because, because there was success with, um, more or less success in, in the, uh, TV series and such, um, where they wanted, I guess what the original idea for the trilogy, like this was back in the nineties, um, was that they, they would have James Spader's character, um, come back and then they would go on adventures and find out, like, oh, there's other gods. And there's this whole, like, intergalactic conspiracy or situation, um, which the show not really did that necessarily. It went in a different direction, but kind of similar. Like, there are different—it's not just Egyptian-based antagonists. Like, um, and they find out, like, there's actually another group of aliens in the show. I don't need to go on the show. No, that's a different thing. This is the but movie. I mean, that's, I mean yeah, they, they is, just yeah. Stargate Atlantis and SG-1 and all that. So, no, I I, I, I won't, because I know we're getting kind of close to it, but I won't I won't be like, oh, I absolutely can't stand, hate this movie. I, I find this to be, it's, it's disappointing, personally, because there are so many elements here that really could make it um, even bigger than it, it is. It's... What saved it was the was the television series, um, but I think this had the potential to to do like like be a Star Wars where you've got a film series and TV series and this entire huge universe, and they've done a good job with the with the television stuff. But it it from what it sounds like, but the the film that inspired it all. I'm glad they at least got the good stuff because this is a really cool concept. Just the execution, I it has too many uh, too many bugs in it. Well, too let's many scarab about, beetles. <laughs> let's let's talk about some uh, some execution elements. Um, for one, I was going to argue that I actually think the movie is quite effective with its build up towards certain things, like the way that it presented the build up to the Stargate 
functioning as a wormhole. Like, they don't quite explain what it does until it does what it does. Like, that's kind yeah. of a weird moment. But the whole way that the the music... The music, the set design, and the acting is the best parts of this movie. The plot itself and the character motivations and, and like complexity i guess or or diversity or whatever have you are weak but i would say like it's a pretty movie oh like oh visually the... it's great yeah so let's visually, talk about it's... visuals visually what did you guys i think, think it about great. that um you know the, the the cgi as we mentioned before is a little dated but it's not it, off-putting it, right it act it surprisingly still works well for it's a 95 okay. film yeah. um I don't know. I mean, you, you you shoot in Egypt and you shoot around a bunch of pyramids. It's gonna look Egyptian, <laughs> cool, you know. Um, right. No, I thought that visually it was fine. The the creature effects were were pretty good, you know. Mm. Um, I guess nothing nothing that was earth shattering. Okay. Nothing new, but but fine, you know. Look cool. Um, some 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 cool visuals on that aspect i guess that's that's kind of my thing with it it's like everything's fine nothing's great other than the basic concept behind it the the basic points but i I really dig the like sci-fi slash egyptian stuff like the look of like the the anubis head on the guards and the the Mm -hmm. horus and like all the different like I don't know if you call them guards, but whatever, like Roz henchmen, right? Um, the techno Egyptian style. Yeah, like all that yeah. stuff. The, the the new version of the Great Pyramid, you know, that that's like in the moving kind of like I don't know if it's a spaceship or it's a spaceship just travel around yeah. the said planet or whatever. But it's a, um, like a traveling city pyramid, which in concept yeah. is fucking strange and silly, but looks but cool. the execution is really cool like all the yeah. stuff even the stargate itself is just the, the the integration of the the egyptian um iconography into the science fiction concept is really great like the design's cool it's um, like functional art mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, it, it certainly brings to mind there's a um 70s doctor who serial called the pyramids of mars that has a similar concept to stargate and it's like it kind of leads you to think like oh if they would have been able to pull off something like this like with some of their their concepts it would have been you know very very cool it's it's cool it's conceptually cool as well but you know it was you know made on a 70s bbc budget but (laughs) (laughs) of course the the whovian not that we aren't all whovians but you are the whovian (laughs) of the group uh, I was wondering because so I knew there was all I knew is well, there was a so. Doctor Who episode that was very similar to this that dealt with pyramids. I was waiting for you to bring it up. Thank you for. I just was under that's the that's as deep as I'm yeah. going. That's a whole other discussion. But yeah. I know. Which reminds me, everyone, check out uh, <laughs> Eric's podcast, Police Box in the Junkyard. Oh yeah, yeah, I do that too. I should probably plug that. that more often, but yeah, do a I'm, Doctor Who podcast. It's kind of a. Sister I think this show is the second time one, I plugged so. it for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that because I always forget. I get wrapped up in you know talking about whatever we're talking about, and I forget to self-promote. But yeah, but so yeah, I aesthetic. I, I I thought that the uh, incorporation of again, it's pseudo scientific. You know, the whole 
what isn't that we watch? I, I know, and that's why I'm like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. If I was talking about Jurassic Park, I'm not going to be like, well, I know they made a movie about dinosaurs, but they fucked them all up. No, I'm not going to be that dick. I think it's cool, like, they, they brought in the issues that you would get with translating these these hieroglyphs, and uh, I'm, I'm sure archaeologists are going, no, this movie's whatever, but it, I, it's science fiction. That's the key point, is the fiction. So, no, I thought that was cool. Um yeah, I, I thought the designs of everything were, were impressive. Uh, once you get to them, like once you kind of see Ra and the guards and the, the pyramid and all that, very, very cool designs. The Stargate, the way it looks and the cartouche and all that. Um, yeah, that was all that was all pretty cool. You know what um, I thought this... I liked it more than when we saw something similar to it later in Fifth Element. I liked it more in Stargate. I was going to say that this movie does a good job of making it a, like a perfect, I would say, I would argue, perfect, subtle uh, combination. Like the like the Egyptian, uh, the techno-Egyptian element. That's that's just what I'm calling it. I don't know if what it's actually called, but I refer to it as uh, techno-Egyptian. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like it was very, it was intricate. Like, in, like just, just the way that they did it was just the aesthetics they fuse so well like you have the super raggedy um village i was gonna say village people but that's what it is the the people who live on the planet the natives well they're not natives now they're i human. have a whole different like thing in my nose yeah i know right i'm picturing like now okay an egyptian techno cop now and everything anyways <laughs> trump dancing badly anyways so they have the 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 locals who are technically humans who are relocated to this planet. I mean, they're the descendants of those humans. But regardless, there's that like kind of alien, but still the same level uh, Egyptian culture who were forbidden to write or read. So it makes sense that they're stunted in this same fucking thing, like thousands of years later. Like why they still exist the way that they exist. Um, and then you have the elements of this technologically advanced alien species who used who either influenced that culture or took influence from that culture but they're 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 combined and i think like the 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 throne room of ra is like the i feel like personally is where it like meets the most that and the depictions of his of his soldiers who are those combinations of what you see in hieroglyph mm, that's a fun word for me right now Hieroglyphics. Hi. Wow. You did it. Rose. I could. Glyphics. Hieroglyphics. Thank you. There you go. I do have a speech impediment when I was growing up. It is a problem. Um. Anyways, (laughs) thank you. Um. It. But no. They like you where you see these depictions of gods like uh the jackal, half human with the with. Find your words, Ryan. So the way that they depict the throne room is what I mentioned is one way. Uh, which I think is is well done. It's like it's a nice aesthetic, and it matches Ra. Ra feels like he fits in those surroundings. Then you have his soldiers, who they wear these extravagant helmets that are like animatronic. They move around, but they depict like this techno Egyptian version of what you saw uh, Greek gods as. Oh, sorry, Greek gods, Egyptian gods as. Uh, which like that's kind of a fun element. Um, I don't know that that's where the costume design kicks in and the set design like aesthetically I think this this fucking movie is just wonderful to look at like as a a campy sci-fi 
the blaster staffs or whatever. Yeah. What are the, the, <laughs> I really love those too. Yeah. Like that's a great like sci-fi weapon that again is, 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 is blending that kind of like ancient Egyptian and, um, the yeah, techno, laser techno Egypt, like you said. So, yeah. Um, did you guys have anything else to add on, on that? No. Um, no, not, not off the top of my head. I mean, it's, okay. I, I, it's interesting again, when you look back at all of, of, Roland Emmerich's films, how you can see similar styles pass through in <laughs> different creatures and characters, and you know, the the love him or hate him, the guy definitely does have a style. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, at this point, we're getting really close to the. I feel like we're gonna get close to grading mm-hmm. here, so like that's why I'm bringing. This is last thoughts. Is there anything else in the movie that any of you guys, not just aesthetics, but just in general, that you want to mention that we haven't mentioned yet before we grade? I guess I have two things, and they're both kind of gripes, unfortunately. And That's hopefully, fine. when we get to grading, I will, um, you know, I'll bring this around to where I don't actually hate this movie. Um, but there's uh, <laughs> something that bugs me about like the '90s action thriller, and it's a very Spielberg thing to do, and it's definitely a very Michael Bay and Roland Emmerich thing to do. And that's that like every major plot point in the movie kind of happens by accident. <laughs> instead of anybody's like expertise or actually like putting a backbone like a basis in the science it just kind of like whoops this kind of this thing happens it's just like the way that you know dr jackson discovers the seventh symbol and opens the stargate because he accidentally sees it on the front of a newspaper um you know Eric? he kind of accidentally discovers the civilization on the planet once they get there because he's you know trying to approach the the camel creatures or the cow creatures there and gets drug along in the desert like an idiot um or this how is, he you know, finds the last symbol, the activation <laughs> symbol, is because one dude is just making an illustration. It's like, this is yeah. our victory. He goes, that's it. That's the final symbol. Everything in the movie is like a stupid accident. And Spielberg does this all the time. Michael Beta. I mean, it's just I, that it's like that, like, every, you know, instead of, like, you have these characters that have these expertise, whether it's military or scientific or whatever, and you never use them for that. You use them to be archetypes, but you don't use them for, like, any of their actual skills or whatever. You you just have everything kind of, whoops, we discovered this. This could have been anybody. Like, well, you know. But, I, so so are, we, gonna... are we officially now on the podcast going to, to, like, self-implode when we all admit that Indiana Jones is just fucking lucky? Oh, he's a fucking... He's not <laughs> I mean, even yeah, lucky. I mean, he I never wins. <laughs> Indiana Jones never fucking succeeds. No. But uh, he no, does I, at least admit he's making it up as he goes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's how you true. know he's a real yeah. academic. My, my other <laughs> I, gripe, and then I'll shut hold up, on, is Eric, that... Uh, Eric, oh, no, wait, go ahead. Sorry. Wait, wait, yeah. No, I wanted to stick on this one because I was going to tell you... I actually have in my notes, like, uh, Dr... <laughs> Dr. Jackson always fails upwards. Um, and it triggered from <laughs> yeah. the final fucking moment where he like figures out the final symbol. And I just turned to my partner as I watch it and I'm like, that's how he fucking succeeded in everything. Like, I swear to God, like he's never actually like, I figured it out through my books. It's just like, Oh, look, I discovered it. Um, so it's funny that you bring that up, but I will, I will, I will give a counter argument to it that, uh, to justify it. Uh, not because I don't, not because I disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But one could argue is that because D- Dr. Jackson has the expertise that he has, it's because of his it's because of that expertise and the way that he thinks that he is able to see these things that lead to their success. 
like only he has has uh, has essentially like the, the 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 brain to notice these patterns where no no one else would notice like everyone else is like we don't want to fucking explore out past this fucking temple like fuck you dude he's like no we have to like look there's an animal with a harness clearly there's a civilization they must know like he's at least taken the leaps of like positivity of like hey all we can really do is research and figure it out like and like kind of joe kind of said that's kind of like academia is like you just all you can do is know the best that you can know in hopes that you see the patterns in the places that you go Joe didn't say that, but that's my interpretation of what Joe said. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Joe? Um, I I have to agree that it's a 90s thing to, like, we have our scientists, <laughs> and yes, they'll be able to figure out what they need to figure out when put in that position. But we have to ridicule them into doofuses to put them in that position. We have to be yeah. dragged across the desert by a camel rhino thing um you know <laughs> you 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 have to be jumping from one basket to another basket or whatever in a truck fighting nazis you know it, all of these are just kind of goofy um yeah yet we your can... military characters don't seem to get that very much they're just like all right let me fight the bigger dude now which i guess yeah i guess if i had one more comment to make on this one is uh it's a very dude-heavy movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, you mean like, you mean the one female character who speaks no English and barely a language, and then the other character is this and originally man? is offered as a sexual sex gift, yeah, and then has a yeah. bone to pick with Jackson the whole movie because he doesn't have sex with her. So, yeah, good good on him though, nerd who's just like, oh nope, don't want to take yeah. advantage of you. But he sticks I mean, around. I get it. There's a cultural like thing going on there, but yeah, yeah. it's a... that that doesn't end in that way. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. It's like it, I agree. There's the cultural thing there, but it's like okay, we have a movie about you know ancient aliens inspiring Egyptian cultures. Uh, we're clearly stepping outside of reality. Do we need that culture? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, that was just something I kind of know that it definitely dates it, because it's. Well, I mean, the whole thing has white savior problem. Oh yeah, that anyway, white fucking like, doesn't. Like, how about the yeah, one? I mean, I, I, I hesitate to even bring that up just because there's so many movies, especially right around this time, and before. Um, yeah, this movie does it too. Some. But it's still one. Yeah, it's still one of them. That's still one of them. Yep, it's still definitely. What, what's the second gripe, Eric? You had two. That, that, that was kind of it. I wanted, I was going to bring up the kind of the. I was just going to throw it in as a one-liner there to save us some time, but yeah, the 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 white savior aspect that you know, not only white say but but white males from Earth, so we're are going to be the people that are going to you know go all over the universe and save the day, right? Or Americans all the problems, <laughs> or even show the, them show them the right way to do things, like yeah, or even the what is it? I'm oh, I don't want to fuck this up actually, but um, the love interest herself is like blue-eyed, and it's mm-hmm. just like. Mm-hmm. Where do those blue eyes come from? Yeah, and she's, why do you, she's an why do you look actor, more white than even, everyone you know, else? Um, given yeah. I don't know, <laughs> that's why I'm yeah, saying I don't want to make that some... jump because I'm like I haven't looked her up to find out like oh no actually she is Egyptian you asshole and I'm like well yeah. that's egg on my face oh yep she was born in Israel I mean, that's egg in yeah, my face she's a, yeah she's Israeli but it either way it doesn't matter it's just yeah it's 
very... there's so many if you want to start if you want to start calling out movies on this you're going to call out so many movies oh yeah i'm I mean, not trying to be like cancel star date or conversation like obviously i'm just but yeah, yeah like pointing out in a way that it dates it the same way that it you know the effects can date it and and roland mm-hmm. emmerich style yeah i mean we've we've seen quite a few fucking movies like where we're just like at this point we're just like yep if it's a, if it's if it's before 20 uh 2010 we pretty much just expect it to exist like feel like oh, there was yeah. no problem with it even past 2010 2016. yeah 2016 yeah. um even more so yeah it's just the unfortunate fact like yep this exists um otherwise what about grades Okay, let's uh, Joe, yeah. why don't you start off with grades? I never hated this movie. I just um I it was one that I didn't share other people's enthusiasm for. I remember the first time I saw it and I was kind of disappointed with it. I, I wasn't as uh I didn't latch on to it as, as much as I thought I would. Because uh, I was like I said, I was looking forward to seeing it. It was just circumstantial that I didn't see it in theaters when it came out and when I finally got to see it, I was kind of bored with it um and rewatching it now i can see why because it again it it trips and clunks enough where it kind of chips away at its own foundations which are really cool so i'm not surprised that it turned into a a, a phenomenon at least on in television series and, and web series i can totally see that because the foundations here are really quite cool it's yeah. just they i felt like they picked the um the wrong too many errors in how they tell this original story to kind of introduce the mythology uh but i like the i I like enough of it here where i can't say i hate it i don't see me going out and buying a copy i'm glad i didn't pay to watch it it's on pluto tv by the way which is free and i i just i'm gonna give it a c it's it's fine it's okay it it's just not as I guess I'm going to give it a C and not a B. A B would be just, it's fine. Now I'm going to give it a C because yeah, it's not as good as it should be. It's interesting that you hold it to such a high standard. Because I really think <laughs> that the, the, the mythos that's yeah. there is is uh, ripe enough for really the extent, even with the Egyptian stuff. That uh, that's why been I, yeah. so, so much better. Um, <clears throat> that That's why I find so fascinating about why you give it the grade that you do because it's like, um, this is not, by the way, dismantling your grade. This is why it's no. like it's fascinating, uh, in my opinion. Not to interrupt your grade, and is this like, like, yeah, like you're you're come from the fact that, like this is a really cool idea. Like the concepts are really cool. You really mm-hmm. fucked this up. <laughs> it's like, and it's like that's that's a very I, interesting I, take of it. Because if you view this as a normal campy sci-fi movie, like, oh, this is a really well-made campy fucking sci-fi movie in the nineties. Except but, I think that the the concept I hear what you're saying, but I, I think yeah, that the because like concept, versus like Walter World or so, shit like that. <laughs> yeah, and I actually would put this kind of up there with it. Yeah. Except this has a more interesting concept than Water World. Water World, uh, everything floods, you know. In this, it's <laughs> it's going into history, and I think that was really cool. It's just it, and I'm I'm not trying to make this accusation. But I'm pretty it, sure you gave Waterworld a similar grade, by the way. So. I, I yeah, I think I did. Um, <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not trying to accuse Emmerich of doing this, but it almost feels like 
they were so confident in the the concept that they were okay with making lots and lots and lots and lots of errors in the storytelling and ultimately it hurt the film so i give it a c because i'm like it doesn't suck it's just you gotta filter out a lot of sucky parts to get to what's really cool there's cool parts here that's worth seeing but i'm glad that those cool parts were expanded upon or at least inspired this to live on in a tv show because i think it deserves it just the movie was lame interesting cool yeah. all right eric yeah i'm gonna echo a lot of that and um I think it's just characteristic Roland Emmerich movie. Like it's just a lot of it's hidden, hidden miss. And, uh, I think it's got a lot of really great things about it, but the cardboard characters and like the, what I guess I would call Spielbergian smalts about it just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't send it, lend itself well to like high concept sci-fi. Like it works in something, in some things. And just this, this, the concept, I, and I think I'm echoing exactly what Joe was saying so the concept is bigger and better than the, the treatment that it gets. And I, I think I got that's kind of exactly what I thought about it. I love the design of the movie. I love the look of the movie. I love the premise of the movie. I like some of the performances in the movie. So there's a lot to like here, and it's certainly worth watching. Um, but yeah, it just there, there's something that just doesn't, doesn't click. It's also very 90s, so there's a dated element to it. And I... I realize when it comes to grading, like especially bouncing off of last week's review where we did a, a you know, totally batshit terrible movie, um, and I gave it about this same grade. So grading is a weird thing. This is obviously a much better movie, quote unquote, than this, you know, trashy movie called Pieces that we watched last week. But I'm gonna give it right around the same grade just because of the experience and the entertainment value. I try to measure everything based on like what it how it makes me feel and like what you know just kind of like boiling down the general entertainment value of it based on you know whatever characteristics the movie gives me so i'm going to give this one a c plus like i think there's a lot to like i definitely think if you've never seen stargate especially since it's free on pluto tv go and check it out it's worth watching this is a good you know some really cool sci-fi stuff going on here and i'm 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 happy i got to revisit it because it is one that i enjoyed quite a bit um growing up but yeah i think c plus is about as good as i can do on this one um even though, yeah, like I said, there's a lot to like. It's just honestly, it's Emmerich. <laughs> I think you get you get him away from it. I'm just not a fan, you know. I guess that that's all I have on that. Interesting. <laughs> um, you guys are much lower than I would go. But then again, I've also mentioned right. Well, this this movie was my suggestion. Um, this movie I really wanted to review. Uh, and it's one of those movies I don't actually talk much to to no not not too many people know about it um i'm not surprised by it. I, this is a movie that gets liked 50 50 <laughs> um it literally is like what around 50 percent on rotten tomatoes uh even um robert ebert oh hated ebert hated this movie. he <laughs> hated this movie um and it's one of those situations where it's just like this movie is quite divided and it's not because people are watching different things, I think. It's what people are focusing on and what and how that's like, what do I like and what do I dislike and which one is stronger in my opinion. 
Um, I guess I could just be taken down to every fucking review of everything. Way to go, Meta Ryan. Anyways, and that's where it kind of breaks down to me. Where, like, I could repeat the exact same things because I don't disagree with anybody here. But the difference is, as in my opinion, the concept, the performances, the set design outweigh the 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 campy cheap generic story and actual character plots and 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 um backgrounds <laughs> but but just because of the essence of how they're portrayed by the actors themselves the 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 effort and the detail and the artistry that went behind like creating the 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 sets the the environments um and um, the costumes as and the music itself and how it is used so effectively to deliver these campy things but make them feel emotionally better like you I uh, for me like still like the the way the music builds up like when they're activating the Stargate for the first time like the shots the even the cheesy effect which they're done so subtly because they're they're actually using elements of practical effects. They're actually capturing footage of a whirling, um, like a spiraling uh, whirlpool in a in a watery tube, and then superposing it with special effects. Um, it's not all CGI. Like it's the way that they use that. It's just like it still hit me. It like it still felt good. This was a good. 90s nostalgia that I really needed that I didn't know that I needed it's one of those things where I'm finding out for me it's just like this is I I don't care if people don't like it the same way that I do and I, by that I mean I'm completely fine with that and I completely understand that like the way that Joe was mentioning what he was mentioning is like I don't I can't disagree I don't disagree but it's like that 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 criticism isn't enough to weigh like all the things that make this actually work like this is the best this was the movie that roland emmerich uh apparently like found his success in that led to mm -hmm. him making the other movies and yeah. out of the other movies that i know him from which being independence day and the, the the 98 godzilla this movie is still by far the best and the most original uh, oh, and this I'll is the it. movie I agree that with you on those. Yeah, I agree. This is yeah, the movie that established the rest Day of those stereotypes. More than, a, than an update. Independence Day is nothing more than an update of War of the Worlds. Godzilla was just, whatever. Godzilla. Talk about it. There's and a then, whole show you know, just to and then he, about that. Yeah. And then he kind of just fell into like, let's do natural disasters with Day After Tomorrow and 2012, and you know all these kind of things. Well, that's that's you the know, thing. The White whole House idea down. of like. Independence Day and Godzilla and those movies they're about like let's destroy Amer like Earth let's have Earth have a catastrophic fucking event but where this movie is let's explore space let's just explore something uh, that we feel like is original like no let me phrase that that we feel like is familiar Egypt but with a different interpretation like oh it's aliens uh, before oh hey ancient aliens actually became a fucking thing um this movie it's i actually think is really fun to watch uh my fiance who is a huge uh disney atlantis fan like that's one of her movies that that's her stargate for her that's how we were bonding <laughs> where we were watching this is because she's just like no one ever fucking talks about atlantis i love that movie this and i'm like i agree i really like that movie and the reason i liked it is because that was stargate 
like Disney's Atlantis is just Stargate in like almost every fucking way. And in a lot of, I, let me phrase it in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, and I, that's a different review for a different day, but it was that idea of like that, like, like there's a certain element of sci-fi that isn't really explored enough. And I feel like this is one of them. Like the idea of like where you have this ex- uh, archaeological exploration type, whether it be space or some kind of ancient technology beyond our understanding, whatever it is, it's a fun element that isn't really told enough. Or if it is, it's never really done as successfully as I think these movies are. And that's... Wow, like I, it's weird. I don't want to give it such a high grade because of like the C's that were given. I'm like those are understandable, but I can't help but give this an A minus. I just can't. That's like fine. that's the that's the excitement that this movie gives, and it's. I think that's what this movie is. So it's honestly, you're either gonna like it a lot or you're gonna be meh with it. I don't think anyone's <laughs> gonna hate this, but. I mean, uh, I'm wrong. Ebert did. Ebert absolutely <laughs> yeah. hated it. And but I'm, Ebert yeah. made some very fucking questionable decisions sometimes. Um, yeah. Which mm-hmm. goes to show you, reviews don't fucking matter. What are you doing? <laughs> listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you listening to our reviews? Why? You're Go listening because you want a conversation. That's why you want. That's what we offer. Well, and I do. I, I, I have to do this one name drop. A uh, good friend of mine from graduate school, uh, Dave Vaccaro. His mom, Lisa Collins, uh, was a makeup artist in Hollywood for years and worked on films like Batman and Robin and worked on Stargate. Oh, yeah. And, and so I, cool. while we were just earlier in the show, I, I texted Dave. I was like, didn't you meet James Spader on the set? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he just sent me a picture of James Spader holding him. And he's about <laughs> eight or nine years old. Um, huh. Apparently, cool guy. But, yeah, so... Yeah, there, there's there's a bit, of, and I think, Eric, I think you've met Dave actually. So there's a bit of a yeah, connection. Yeah, I think we went. There's, there's less than there's less than seven degrees of separation between <laughs> us and, and an actual and, St- and Stargate. <laughs> yeah, and I think Dave like told me something too. Like he remembers like he was on the set and the, he got to actually see the Stargate and it was made out of like styrofoam or something what, like what that. It's like, oh, it's disappointing. Ruins the magic a little bit, but hey. right. But uh, so yeah. Um, that was kind of cool, but so okay, it's two C's and an A, so it's averaging to like what, like a B minus. Yeah, I was almost there. Like I almost that was almost my grade, but yeah. yeah. I thought I thought there was gonna be a, a an A B C thing. Honestly, close. Um, no, no, definitely it doesn't suck. But we would like to extend this out. Remember, uh, you can find the original Stargate movie on Pluto TV, which is yet another free streaming service that also does like free television programming that's really cool recommend you check that out and we'd also love to hear your thoughts on stargate specifically the movie but if you have something that you want to mention about the tv series we'd love to hear that too please send any of those questions comments criticisms or witticisms to the video junkyard podcast at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at video junk pod or find us on our facebook pages plural the main video junkyard podcast page or the video junkyard podcast group uh, we'd love to hear from you with any uh, thing you have to say or any recommendations. And coming up on the Video Junkyard Podcast, next week we're going to look at the 1993 Mike Myers, yes, that Mike Myers as Austin Powers fame, uh, comedy So I Married an Axe Murderer. 
Which does not star Michael Myers, the serial killer from Halloween. Which, by the way, is a missed opportunity. It does not. You're right. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Hey, that would have that would have been irony, and yeah, I guess. Can you imagine him like I married an axe murderer, and it's just him marrying Mike Myers from the fucking Halloween franchise, and not like I don't think he's a serial killer. And like really, he doesn't say much. He's got that mask. I always how is this? How has this movie. never been like a Mad TV skit? <laughs> or, yeah, or, or ro- robot chicken or somebody's anything. robot chicken it is now i fucking yeah. did it ryan steiskel anyway. and the video junkyard uh what's the date today no uh november 23rd 2020 it's been done copyright yeah, i expect royalties well, yeah we're gonna check that one out next week and that one i believe is also streaming free on the pluto tv service so we're gonna always try to get these on uh free services so uh, everybody can watch along with us that means you don't have any excuses for for not checking it out and then not checking out the show afterwards so no excuses people we want to thank everybody for tuning in also want to thank ryan for joining us tonight and bringing along stargate um also uh feel free to please share this around we would love to uh get more listeners uh if if you're willing to share or again it's the holiday season so if you really want to bother somebody share it along we'd love to spread the wealth <laughs> that's right so, this is the Video Junkyard Podcast. Your empty voids of life. It, it truly The is. empty silence in your life for an hour at least. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Seiskel saying, Give my regards to King Todd, asshole. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast, on Twitter at video junk pod, and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. <laughs>